sing us the song of your people. Do you want to go for a ride? Yes, we want to go for a ride. Do you want to go for a ride? Yes, we want to go for a ride. Do you want to go for a ride? We want to go for a ride. Do you want to go for a ride? We want to go for a ride. Howdy! Welcome to Snapisode 17 of the Where Are We podcast, where we are going to answer what the fox says, once and for all. Today I am joined by Barracks, Black Paws, Blue Tiger, and Tiger Acolyte. So we've got a lot of felines this time, guys. Say hi. What's up? Hello! Feline, I feel like I need to ignore that request. <laughs> uh, well, this is Orange Wolf, your host. I don't remember if I've already said that or not, but it, whatever. So uh, I'm officially a wolf now, and Blue is officially a tiger, and I don't remember how that happened, but he's he's taking the role on pretty well. He's been a champ, so kudos to that. Yeah, outstanding. Now go outside. Were you talking? Oh, that's wonderful. Did I technically just do an a woo? I don't want <laughs> people from TG to like find me or something uh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like husky sounds. So today we are going to discuss why the fox says he's not a fox, but he's a fox, but he's not a fox. You make that sound so complicated. We've <laughs> been talking to you for a while. See, you make it sound like you know who, who who we're talking about, maybe. All I said was you made it sound so complicated. That's all I said. It's the whole, like, Wheel of Foxes thing where, you know, I sent a PDF to Black Paws and the whole group a couple days ago from, I'll, I'll sort of pseudo-plug, the Three Worlds podcast, and they did an episode on Medicine Wheel, and one of the episodes was on the Wheel of Foxes. And there's a PDF to go along with it. And in the bottom corner, it li- literally says, like, at the end of the cycle, the fox just starts chasing its tail again. <laughs> so, so does that kind of feel like your personal journey to you, Black Paws? Going around and around again? I'd say so. Either that or just staying in one place, at least for a lot of the time. Oh, it's a really tight circle. Yeah, I suppose. So is it more like a you spin me right round baby kind of circle or more like a round and round rat style circle? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that that those references just went over everybody's head. Didn't go over mine. Uh, not, yeah, mine. I'm old enough no, to mine. know what you're talking <laughs> about. Uh, it certainly it certainly feels sometimes like the spinning around in one place kind, but I guess it can vary. So for those of you who have not listened before, Black Paws has kind of given some of his personal experience. So uh, just to kind of give a recap, Black Paws, you've been around since early AHWW, and you kind of stuck around the Were Critters for a long time, but you're not 100% sure whether or not your own personal experiences fall in like the box that is defined as therianthropy. Does that kind of get it right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. And then from your own personal perspective, has that kind of ever caused you any sort of distress or have you find some kind of have you found some kind of peace and comfort with it? Like how has that been for you? 
Uh, a bit of column A, column B, I guess. I mean, nothing else being here for so long has sort of lent itself to a certain amount of comfort and inertia, you know, regardless of what the quote-unquote truth is. Okay, so I'm, I'm taking notes here. You said at first that you were standing still, but now you said inertia. So I think you're just chasing your tail faster. Hmm? Maybe. So yeah, this time we're going to kind of get in, uh, kind of dive into that experience a little bit. Does the term fit? Should he sit? How does this kind of thing impact the outlook or perception of someone who's experiencing it? And like maybe like how does it impact someone who's newer to the community and is going through this kind of self-discovery process? We have a few other talking points that we'd like to go to beyond that too, but we're going to dive into that and kind of discuss what it's like to maybe not be 100% certain if you're a Therian or not. Okay. Why don't we start maybe chronologically? Like, did we want to sort of do a quick recap of Black Paws Travails just so everyone's on the same page to give them context? I think that makes sense. Like, in the TG forums, I I put a link to your journal, Black Paws, so that people can kind of go back and read over your story. But kind of give us a, a like a high-level overview about your own personal journey and how you've gotten to where you are now. <laughs> Okay, well, it all started way back uh, in, I think was mentioned before, the HWW days. I joined it as a news group, thinking I would be, you know, discussing, you know, werewolves in pop culture and literature and things like that. Because I frankly had no idea that there were people out there who thought those such things really, really existed. Instead, what I found when I got there was almost exclusively about therianthropy. I don't think we had that word back then, did we? But no, exactly. We were going by where. Yeah, you all were aware. Yes. But anyway, uh, for for reasons that I can no longer recall, I decided to hang around. Uh, part partly because I think I thought it was cool, kind of cool in a sense. But I went to great pains to make sure you know that I wasn't not exactly thought of as part of the group, but not at not. Therian, or where, or what have you. Because I honestly didn't think I was. And the more I hung out, the more I got to know folks, uh, you know, through the various internet and real-life things, the more people started suggesting I might want to look into, into the whole thing for myself, which I sort of resisted for a while, but eventually I did at least start poking around in it for, for various reasons, and sometimes I look back and I'm not sure how much I've progressed in the past, you know, decades. But on the other hand, I can actually sort of say that I'm in in a maybe not maybe better is not the right word more accepting place than I than I was before. I mean, at least I'm willing to entertain possibilities that I probably wouldn't have. So, from the very beginning, there's kind of this I don't really maybe fit into this group, but I don't really want to not fit into it sort of thing, but. You mentioned that at some point you got a piece of artwork from someone that kind of made your gears turn a little bit. So tell us about that. Well, yeah, uh, it was it was done by the same person who uh, drew the uh, image I normally use as my user icon. Uh, she sent it to me. She basically said, oh, you know, if you are uh, you know, physically a werefox, this is what I think you might look like. It was the first time anybody had ever done something like that for me. So I think that was part of the reason for my intrigue. But I got it. It was really nice. She based the pose off of a, uh, a Werewolf the Apocalypse image I later found out. So I guess it was sort of a 
Poe's inspiration. But anyway, I got this feeling like I don't know how, how, how I usually describe is this like shudder in my in my chest, and the way I interpreted it at the time was that, huh? Maybe something. There's some part of me that's reacting to that, and I guess maybe because it was the first time I'd ever had sort of an experience of of my own that I could even partially connect to a to theriathropy, but it got the ball rolling as far as you know maybe at least entertaining the idea that it might be true for me. So prior to getting that piece of art, did you did you identify in any way, shape, or form as a fox, or did your therian therian identity journey like had you not really concluded any kind of animal or anything like that? Not that I remember or at least acknowledge. Okay. That's one of the reasons I sort of, sort of went into it skeptical for myself, you know, because I couldn't think of anything that I could hang my hat on as, you know, sort of an ex- quote unquote an experience, I guess. Okay. And as things went along, like did, uh, I'm kind of curious about this too. Did anybody ever suggest to you that you may be a different stereotype or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, even so, so before I settled on Fox, uh, there there had been other suggestion other suggestions before or you know more i'm not sure what but you are something kind of thing i mean i just settled on you know settled on this because number one i thought you know i agreed that it sort of fit my personality and my background and stuff and and second you know i'm having so much trouble considering just the one animal that i don't think i could handle trying to consider more than one at once so it's interesting that you said that they say, I'm not sure what you are, but you're something. So it's almost like they got some kind of Therian in general vibe from you, right? Yeah, I'd say that that, that was accurate. Okay. It's interesting because I, I know there's some discussions going on like in contemporary Therian community where it's like, how much does the, the species really matter in the grand scheme of things? Like, mm, right, is there right. just this like, base therianthropy that is sort of like a mold or a model for behavior or does it go further into stereotypes? does it really even matter so it's interesting to know that even like back then people were like hey you know there might be just like you're an animal person <laughs> like i don't know exactly what you are but you're an animal person <laughs> did you ever feel like you were pressured into concluding that you were a fox from your peers or from the Not- community at large sorry yeah, not particularly in that sense. Maybe you felt a little bit of pressure, you know, just for their, I guess, their anthropy in general, but not that, but not that species in particular. Well, you and I talked a lot during those times back then. Yep. And I mean, I, I certainly remember your internal struggle that you talked about often. I, I still don't have any more insight than I did back then. Because I, I certainly have have always you've always had a vibe to me, so so I've been told. Yeah, people don't stick around the Therian community unless they've got something going on. And and that's an interesting point that I like to bring up too. So, uh, so I know one of the things that you've kind of considered too is like, what if you're not a Therian? But why do you think you would have stuck around groups of animal people for so long if you didn't identify with that in some to some degree. Huh? Well, I've, I've been asked that quite a bit over the years. My sort of go-to answer is maybe I was, you know, that desperate to fit in somewhere or, or you know, just, just sort of a, 
a desire to be quote unquote special in some way. And now you're going to be a poppy wearer because of this episode. So look how far you've come. <laughs> yeah. That, that actually is a frequent criticism that gets leveled towards Therians that I see in um, on, on Twitter and, and other social media, that it's something that people do in order to be special or to feel special. But I've never ever, not once, have I thought, ooh, I'm I'm special, or mm-hmm. that that it's to get it? Like the last thing I want is any kind of attention. So I, yeah. I don't. What? How did you? How did you react when someone said you might be doing this to feel special? Well, it's not something I was necessarily told. Oh, okay. I thought I thought that was something that you had been told. No, no. It's sort of a, a, a one of the first th- things I I thought of when somebody asks, you know, asks the question, you know, why would you still be hanging around? So it's interesting because other people aren't telling you that you're doing it to feel special, but you're wondering if that's not the case for yourself. Yes. Okay. Basically. Because I've actually like, even in the community, I've seen some people kind of throw that out to others and, and be like, you know, it's your experiences seem to kind of not line up. Are you doing this just to feel different or get special treatment or something like that too so it's interesting that it's more of a self-criticism from your perspective the vast majority of it uh, has been really (laughs) so do you feel like therians have been a little bit too accommodating for you like are are they (laughs) too too accepting in general i've occasionally wondered that is about you know like the initial group that includes the barrier guilty it has crossed my mind, you know, it's like, you know, they barely know me. They all, they've only talked to me uh, online, you know. Why, why do they trust anything I say? For hundreds of hours online. <laughs> okay, fine, I suppose. It's it's something, but... Well, see, now I'm confused, because apparently, Barracks, you, you said that people had the perception that you were too grilly or something like that back in the day, right? <laughs> so... Yeah, there there is a, a this um, idea that that you run across, uh, especially with uh, sort of the the most recent generation of Therians, where they say, "Oh, back then they were all grilling and asking all kinds of questions, and it was super gatekeepy." And I don't think it was like that, at least in the earliest of the early days, and and not for the first ten years or so of the community, as far as I'm aware. No, I think it was when the trolls really kind of stepped into the community and became just problematic. That's when you saw a lot more of the gatekeeping and and then the slow segmentation and fragmentation of the community at large. I would agree, based on what I've seen in history posts and my personal experience, some of the tail end of that. Well, we have a second here. I'm going to say hello to the wolf dog on a mossy log. Hey, Blaze, how's it going? Yeah, I snuck into the corner. Sorry I'm late, guys. No problem. At least not for me. Good to have you on here. It's been a hectic month for me. I've pretty much had my nose stuck in the books, figuratively speaking. Literally? Oh, almost literally. I mean, uh, I'm back in college now. Uh, It's my first semester doing my four-year diploma in digital design and development. And it's my first semester. And so far, all the, the, the two courses that I'm doing have been delivered digitally, which, of course, I've never done before. So it's been um, an enormous learning curve for me, not just, you know, the new material, but the delivery methods and being back in an education environment at the age of 40 after being away from it for 20 years. 
but uh, I'm doing well. I'm uh, getting some marks back now, and they're coming up on top of the alphabet. Congrats! As long as you get higher scores than Blue does. That's all that matters. <laughs> I don't want to get into that contest. <laughs> all right. Kind of try to nudge us back on track. Bring it to Black Paws. What do you define Therianthropy as, and are you able, able to define it? To back that up a little bit, too, I feel a little ridiculous because this is a suggestion from someone on another server. And I feel like we've had a lot, a lot of conversations about your doubts with Therianthropy, but we've never actually asked you what you think Therianthropy means to the individual. So I think this is actually something important. And maybe even if someone out there is listening and isn't sure, like if they're having some kind of concerns with their identity and their discovery process... Like, it may be something important to ask them, just stop in place. What does this actually, like, what does being a Therian mean to you? Yeah. And, you know, some earlier discussion on this actually sort of triggered other lines of thinking because as someone suggested or used the words, was I trying to fit in a box established, you know, by the community as I found it? And that actually got me nodding and, you know, pondering there because, you know, as I said, I was completely new to the entire concept. So all I had to define it for better or for worse was the collective experiences of what was then a relatively small community. I'm not sure I can sort of separate mm. th those things because it was fundamentally the foundation on, on which I built everything else. So that kind of brings me to one of my first questions that I was going to ask you about your experience, Black Boss, is that do you feel like having had been in contact with the community throughout this whole time, do you feel that that may have actually hindered you from forming your own opinion authentically of what their entropy is? It's something I've considered, but on the other hand, I don't know that I would have thought that deeply into it in the first place without it. Good point, yeah. Because especially when I first started out, I tried looking into it for quote-unquote independent sources, but a bunch of what I found was new age stuff, which, you know, deals with some, many of the same things, but really isn't the same, you know, the same thing, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us are kind of guilty of, of turning to some of the new age things. Um, not necessarily current contemporary new age things, but like in my case, new age things of like the nineties to try to figure out what was going on with me with therianthropy. <laughs> so yep. in my personal case in college, looking into the occult, a new age on a, a newly budding internet <laughs> was a very interesting yeah. thing. And yeah. I remember that era. <laughs> Ted Andrews made mad loot on his yeah. animal speak book. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I got a copy of it here. Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, yeah. Too. yeah. <laughs> it's a useful reference in some cases. Just don't do much more than reference. So in your personal case, Black Paws, then like even answering today, your personal definition of therianthropy, is that kind of formed on your first impression of what therianthropy was back in HWW? I think so, because I've mentioned this in a previous discussion, but... I was surprised at how disassociative therianthropy is viewed these days because when I started in the community, I think that that was the main, if not sole, not style, but... Uh, Defining characteristic of it. Yeah, the way in which the folks there expressed 
their therianthropy, you know, to in any extent to the outside world. And in a way that this topic choice itself kind of spun off of that comment that you made on our disassociative episode last time. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. It was one of the definitely one of the things that made me realize, a, you know, not only you know how many more people there are, you know, considering this kind of thing than there were back then, but also the fact that the whole experience is so much larger or has a possibility to be so much larger than I ever conceived of it. When I thought was, you know, a defining characteristic, you know, so much so that I thought, oh, if I don't have that kind of experience, I can't possibly fit into that box. Right. And that's where the labeling and the the buzzwords become a problem for people is because you're cutting off that spectrum. Uh, Yeah, in in a sense. I mean, I've definitely been introduced to new concepts since then that, you know, that at the very least broadens my possible personal mental definition in such a way that it's not automatically, it doesn't automatically exclude what I remember of my own life. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's Barracks who has used the, the lens analogy before where it, it's like seeing the world through like a bear lens or a tiger lens or something like that mm. too. And it is very easy to look back at your past experiences and project that lens onto it really honestly looking back we may never know for certain whether or not we may not know the specific influences for how we behaved when we were like five or six or seven it's very complex psychology there right and our environments dictate things too so it it can be very easy to project like false positives on that if you get into the the mindset of yes I'm a tiger therian and then I look back at my life and I'm like hmm I used to always like to do this or this or this you can kind of use that to support your current stance on whether you're a therian or not I kind of agree with that and have had that experience myself in that once I started to understand what therianthropy meant to me and what it was all about for me that's when certain things about my past would always seem strange suddenly made perfect sense. It just kind of brought all these abstract, weird irregularities into alignment with each other. And suddenly there is this complete picture of me. This is who I am. And I was like, oh, okay. Now the challenge is how do I explain this to people? How do I describe it? And that is inherently where all the difficulty seems to arise. It's not about the difficulty of having the experience or the believing in it it's how do you express it and communicate about it it's very difficult well, that's one interesting thing too i think i brought it before my my mate is not a therian and sometimes when i try to express some of this therian stuff to him he's like zeph this does not matter to me like at all it does not have any kind of importance and granted it, it depends on what the the scenario is but i, I think sometimes since the experiences are so personal to us. We expect them to be so personal and profound to other people too. And they may not really be Um, like other people are just kind of going through life, doing their own thing, facing their own experiences, trying to figure themselves out. Maybe sometimes we kind of overthink theory anthropy in that sense. And I don't know, expect it to be some kind of earth shattering thing for the people who discover it about us when really it's just another nuance of our personalities. I think that's a good point. Are you Therian with a capital T, or are you Therian is in just lowercase t? Zeph, you and I have talked a lot about that. Is it your life? Is it everything about you? Is it 
everything has to circle circle around you. That's what I mean by with a capital T or someone like I know myself. Yes, I'm a Therian. That's not my defining point. It's an aspect of me. It's a facet of me. It's all it is. So that's important. I think going back to the piece that Blaze was mentioning there too, I agree it's important to be able to look back in retrospect and say, does things make a different sense? But it's also important psychologically to realize that it could be anything that would be a potential framing for that too. We have found this, and I'm not denying it, I'm not trying to at least, but it's important, don't rewrite your history. Your history is your history. Yes, this brings a different lens into it. Yes, it brings a different flavor to memory and history and everything like that. But what we have done tells us who we were, not who we are and who we will be. That's up to us in the here and the now and the future to define those things. And I think those are more important things for us to focus on. You know, personally, that's how I kind of see it. So I can be very contemplative. Um, I think, think pretty much everyone here realizes I've got some deep thoughts at times. He's neurotic. Shh. Uh, <laughs> yes, and your point. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm one to talk, right? But, you know, I, I think also at the same time, I struggle with that, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to do, live more in the moment than, than in the past. But the past tells me what went right and what went wrong, and how can I, by acting now correctly, redressing those mistakes of the past and doing better with that. So, Black Paws, I'm kind of curious, because another thing that I see, some of the things I'm going to bring up are for, more for, like, they're observations that I have for younger Therians, and I'm wondering if you've experienced the same thing. So we talked about, like, okay, you say I'm a fox, you look back at your past experiences, and you try to be like, okay, well, this probably meant that I'm a fox. This probably didn't have anything to do with it. Do you ever feel like, I feel like some younger Therians, and I'm, I'm sure I'm even guilty of it myself, have looked back, and they've they've really been grasping for straws, too, to be like, they try to make every little aspect of their life about therianthropy too, when it really it could just be a situational thing or just how they were. But it's it's everything about me. It's everything about me. <laughs> I actually didn't feel like I had any sort of draws to grasp at in the past. Uh, one of my well, the big base bases for uh, not thinking that I was or could be. Uh, Therian was because I didn't feel like I had anything in my past to hang on to, even a little. And I was surrounded by people who, you know, who said stuff like, oh, I always knew because of the way I felt about X, Y, and Z. Uh, which is not to say, you know, obviously that those past experiences were grasping at straws themselves. I would say that my entire early experience was really, I, I guess, defined by my skepticism and my coming in fairly sure that I wasn't there. I don't know what effects that might have had on, you know, experiences later. It, it surely can't have helped with me uh, over uh, figuring out things now. But I mean, I think I've, I've mentioned this before in, in my sort of my life story thing. I was interested, but not exactly feeling like it was from sort of an outsider perspective, uh, especially since I, you know, it's, it was something that I hadn't had a conception of before. I had no idea this existed. Uh, I didn't even know about, you know, related phenomena like, you know, Native American shamanism or what have you. Just the thought of people, you know, actually thinking they were an, they were an animal on any level 
just never occurred to me. It was just sort of out of my out of my range of experience. And, and I suppose, you know, that may be one big reason why I, would, why I was so slow with it or slow to at least consider trying, you know, to pursue it to see where it went. Well, you know, I, I remember saying to you on more than one occasion that, you know, one thing that you could do is just relax with the idea. And I think the, the, the very notion of relaxing with the idea is difficult for you because your skepticism gets in the way of simply allowing the idea to wash over you without judgment. Is that accurate? I'd say that's true. Old habits are hard to break, obviously, you know, especially when it comes to how one thinks. And this was very definitely a, a huge break from anything I'd thought before, which, you know, in addition to the fact that I was, I was, fairly, de- I was fairly depressed and my self-esteem wasn't that good uh, to begin with at the start. So the idea of there being another layer to me, you know, than, than the, the pathetic loser wasn't something I would easily consider, you know, especially in those early days. And I think in general, I am a skeptic. I think I tend to have materialist beliefs in, in that, you know, I have a hard time believing in something I can't experience or haven't, you know, sensed or experienced myself, which is, again, you know, one big reason for my skepticism to begin with, because it wasn't something I could connect. I felt like I could connect with something I had already experienced. I guess I felt like I was starting from a lesser level or maybe for even further back than most of the, the folks I talked to on uh, the news group and IRC were. I've never been a very spiritual person, so that also added to that. I, I think that's fair. And, and BP, I would say that I, I resonate with that situation, maybe not as extreme as you you are in your skepticism, but I certainly have a healthy skepticism of myself. I've studied enough things to to go down that road, but I th- I would agree with Black, uh, with Bear's analysis of you. A little, little too much on the skeptical side, in my opinion, but that's my opinion. We've talked about that. That's something that's kind of interesting, too. And, like, so there's, like, two points that I kind of want to segue off for this one. You're writing a segue? Um, really? That's, like, so 2000s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, like, a lot of us go through... So uh, therianthropy itself is just a weird thing, right? It's It's not exactly typical. So we go through these processes of trying to, like, logically figure out the bits and pieces when some of them might not even actually have a logical basis anyway and then like there's the emotional aspect of it too where it's kind of like where's the balance between how you feel and how you think um in my case uh, i i was someone who also like i i actively like tried everything in my power to tell myself that i'm not a tiger and like just i'm you're thinking dumb etc 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 but um beyond the emotionality they were still the experiences that i had that were happening whether they were rational or not i don't know i kind of think that people maybe do overthink theory anthropy a little bit in that regard sometimes yeah overthinking is 
a big part of my psyche. I mean, things in general that are even halfway important to me, I tend to overthink. Actually, even minor things. I tend to, you know, overanalyze and go back and forth this way and that. So I guess I'd say it's especially bad for things I actually care about. I guess I don't trust myself on some levels. I second guess myself all the time, going back and forth. As I said, the possibility of being Therian or being a fox or what have you is definitely something where, you know, like the bear said, have the two contradictory ideas at the same time, trying to reconcile my natural, my natural skepticism, materialism. And my lack of previous experience with the possibility that I could be Therian. Am I dismissing it for legitimate reasons or am I just dismissing it out of hand because of my self-esteem or what have you? I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but it's pretty key to my whole dilemma. This is where I'm going to bring up something that's kind of interesting too, is that so as far as finding a group that accepts your experiences or something along those lines too, um, mainstreamers look at Therianthropy and they're like, yeah, y'all are nuts. And that's okay because, like, from a psychological perspective or anything like that, like, we're, we're, some of those things may seem a little far fetched to someone who doesn't invest a lot of time and trying to figure out why we think the way we think or anything like that. But I kind of challenge Black Paws and I'm like, well, why would you want to hang out with a group that's kind of ostracized for feeling the way that they do? In a sense, yeah, you can find that group to fit in with, but it's a group that's kind of outcast by society too. And like, why would someone decide to find comfort? And yeah, this is my home when they kind of know that the mainstream would be like, Hey, you know, that's not normal. You know, I have a standard skeptical answer to that being that, you know, I was fascinated by the uh, whole idea and that I was so desperate to be quote unquote special, I guess that maybe some part of me hung on to that possibility, you know, even though I didn't really believe in it. I've wondered, I have wondered before how having been introduced to this whole concept, you know, before I ever applied it to myself has affected my whole journey and all that. Yeah, I mean, I know I have to balance out, you know, the opinion of others and with, you know, my own thoughts and journey and experience and all that, but you know, at the same time, I also realized that, you know, even if others' opinions are, are just that, you know, I, I do place some value on it. I do place value on the people who give that to me. So maybe that's another reason I hang out uh, with Arians for that uh, rush of self-acceptance or quote-unquote self-delusion, you know, if I weren't. I have a lot of quote-unquote excuses for questions like that. Why hang out with, with Arians if you, if you aren't one and all that? And, and like I said before, it's sort of difficult for me to sort out what is genuine and what's being colored by my existing doubts and prejudices and all that, which does make it tough because I realize I do need some skepticism and doubt to some extent or else, you know, I won't get anywhere, honestly. But again, when, you're, when you've already struggled with, you know, the self-image and the doubts about, you know, basic truths of reality and parts of yourself and everything, it's a kind of hard to let go of that, especially when it's something that can be as important to you as this spiritual aspect and all that. Another thing, too, is like how much does that skepticism affect your well-being? Does it cause you distress? Because I've seen some people who they put themselves in just a state of almost constant distress over this perpetual, like, trying to make logic out of something that's illogical. It doesn't now as much as it used to. 
even then at the beginning, I guess it was wasn't so much as a skepticism as as a, almost a certainty that I wasn't there and I didn't belong there and I was being an intruder and I stuck out like a, a sore thumb and that I wasn't contributing anything to the community and I wasn't my presence wasn't worthwhile. A lot of times, I felt tempted to leave because I didn't feel like I belonged in the community and that nobody would miss me and that anything I contributed wouldn't be missed either. We would have chased you down. <laughs> Bears are pretty damn quick when they want to be too. Even then, as I said, I didn't feel bad because I was afraid I wasn't a Therian. It was more like I felt bad because I quote unquote knew I wasn't a Therian. And maybe having those doubts in the past have sort of prepared me for the possibility now, because I guess I've been around long enough to feel like, even if I legitimately decided I wasn't there, and I've grown enough roots in at least certain parts of the community that I would at least still appear, or that, you know, maybe I could still, could possibly could still contribute even, even if I weren't, or at least feel useful as somebody who's been around for a while. At least I hope so. Like I said, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I'm sure I've come to any conclusions of my quote-unquote own free will. So even after all these years, I feel like I'm still pretty far from that. I'll ask a, a follow-up question to that. Is it you feel like you've found somewhat of a home in this community? <laughs> yeah, I, I think in, in a sense I did sort of find a home. Uh, if only because, you know, I got along so well with the people or at least some of the people in the community, and they welcomed me return and pretty consistently tried to make me feel like I, I was part of the place, if not, you know, if not one of them. And like I said, uh, it's been so long since then, and I've stayed in touch with just enough people, you know, in real life even, from the community that I don't feel like I've been completely out of it for years now. And it's something that if I did... If I did, you know, take myself out of for whatever reason, I think I would miss the people in it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever thought of it that way before, but uh, it is at least a home in a sense. Maybe it's the kind of community that I feel most like I could describe that way um, because it deals with something, you know, so personal to people. Yeah, and, and I do enjoy it at least enough aspects of it and enough, enough of the people in it that I could really genuinely say that. And, uh, you know, all, all credit to the folks who've kept me around all these years, you know, both then and now, because I've made some good friends from it and had some great experiences. And, and yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I don't think I'd ever thought of it that way, but I got to say the answer is yes there. Well, BP, I got a question for you. You put yourself back in the HWW days just to, to frame it, get us out of the contemporary stuff. And you find an individual similar to how you find yourself, curious but skeptical, not really sure what's going on, but there's a there's an itch that they can't quite scratch. What would you ask them? How would you help them through trying to scratch that itch and understand themselves? Every time somebody reminds me of how long I've at, at least known about or interacted with the Therian community. You know, it sort of throws me a bit because I still feel like a newbie. I still feel like 
I haven't found anything of significance yet. I still feel like I'm so far behind compared to most other people, even even people younger than me. So the thought of somebody asking me gives me a sort of a, a blind leading the blind kind of thing. Like, what could I possibly say that would be of use? You know, I mean, sort of a physician heal, heal thyself kind of thing. You know, what I'm wondering what I could accomplish seeing as how I feel like I've failed for so long with myself although on the other hand I do realize you know a lot of the time it's a lot easier to fix other people's problems uh, uh, than your own I mean I hear that's what the entire therapy industry revolves around so to answer the question I guess I would encourage that person to find their own reasons to believe or to examine any pre-existing reasons if if they have them. A lot of my conflict now comes from in not being sure of my own experiences and of my own beliefs and things like that. And I realize that's something I've got to work on if I want to figure out more about myself. I'd say that would probably be the same advice I give, even if they were like me and wasn't sure, you know, what were their own experiences and all that. I guess, you know, I mean, I guess I would just say in that case, it's the thing, some sort of security uh, in your own beliefs and experiences, or at least, you know, developing that security, because that's how I, I think I will come to a conclusion one way or another. If I do decide I'm there, it'll be because, you know, I've come to some sort of personal conclusion about, you know, what and who I am. And same if I don't, if I conclude I am not. That's where what I said before about, you know, sorting out, you know, what's the doubts talking and what is healthy self-questioning is definitely is definitely uh, the, the trickiest part. But if I were talking to this hypothetical person, I, I think what I'd be most interested in is their story, because I've always been interested in stories, storytelling. And in the case of, you know, think me, you know, other people's journeys, you know, to get where they are. And what that says about them. So I guess I'd be most interested in why they came to the conclusion that this was a possibility at all for them. What is it about their past experiences that makes them consider this at all? And yeah, I guess go from there, you know, I guess comparing it to my own. If they're exactly like me, which seems doubtful, but there's always a possibility, then uh, I don't know, maybe we could bounce, bounce ideas off of each other, you know, try to figure out where you could go together that would be that would be kind of interesting actually <laughs> i don't think i've talked to many other foxes even you know let alone people who are at my quote-unquote level so uh, yeah finding folks like me would be an interesting experience i have struggled with the question of you know whether finding the community first has affected my outlook or my judgment on my own possible therianthropy. That's definitely been part of the question of, you know, how, how seriously should I take, you know, other people's opinions? Even people who have met me and have known me for, you know, 20 years, you know, as I said, I said before, at the end of the day, I realize they're still not me. And there's only so far that can go before I have to, you know, find my own support and my own identity and things like that. Again, I realize it's not nothing and that these are folks who have you know, thought seriously about this topic for a long, long time and wouldn't say this kind of thing to me lightly. I guess that's just one more factor to throw onto you know, all the other factors that I have to consider and acknowledging that the way I may be a theory and may not be anything like 
how any other, anybody else is or that how I think the majority is. That's a lesson I've been learning relatively late in life, just in, in the mo- more recent past. And it's at the very least loosened up some of my doubts because now I realize I don't ha- my experience doesn't have to be like anybody else's. But uh, yeah, I still think I've got a long way to go there. It just... You know, there's something like this. It just feels like there are so many questions upon questions upon questions. I, I don't have a lot of outlets to talk about this seriously, especially in real life. So every time I do, it seems like, you know, where do I start with this? You know, am I ever going to find an answer on any sort of level or at least an answer that doesn't just bring up more questions? And I guess it's not, not necessarily discouraging, though it has been occasionally, just intimidating. You know, just because I've been considering this for so long and I don't feel like I've advanced that far beyond, you know, what I started with, it, it is intimidating. Like I said, I've uh, only recently come to realize, you know, how limited, in a sense, my original exposure to theriantophy was and how they are not necessarily all-encompassing of the quote-unquote therian experience. So yeah, I mean, seeing the modern community for everything else it might be has definitely been eye-opening for me. You know, made me realize that, you know, the folks I met in the early days, their experiences aren't rigidly defining. That's absolutely something I've gotten out of the modern internet and the modern community. And I think that's actually a pretty big and good thing. I mean, I, I think about, you know, the past, you know, their anthropy through time discussion and all that, and I... There's, you know, a lot of really deep historical cultural roots to the whole thing. And it can be, you know, a little overwhelming. And maybe I should have realized from that, that, you know, that it isn't necessarily, you know, what I was first exposed to. But, you know, I mean, for all my doubts, you know, I hope that I stayed in the community, you know, originally way back when then, because, you know, some part of me was, you know, vibing with the experience. Maybe that's my life's purpose here, you know, to figure that out one way or the other. Now, did we talk enough about therianthropy as a spectrum we, we hit that topic pretty hard with the disassociative episode last time and it kind of bled over into this one i think it's important to bring it up again here because a stress point in this whole am i am i not is the very definition of well what is am i yeah good point i love that grammar hmm in looking at therianthropy as a spectrum, last time we compared all of our own experiences and we kind of agreed that some therians have experiences where there's no shifting, not anything like that. And back in the early days of the community, that was not the typical norm. And that's what I found so interesting about listening to all the AHWW stories is in how the accepted norm and therefore the accepted definitions drift over time. And because of that constant drifting of the commonly accepted norms, it's really important to keep a good firm hold on how things have changed over time. Otherwise, it'll just be a matter of years before nobody knows what anybody's talking about anymore, right? It's been an interesting phenomenon because, you know, when AHWW was going on the internet was not as mainstream a thing and people were probably being drawn together because of their own personal similar experiences in the beginning there was a much smaller group within the therian community sharing their experiences so it probably did not deviate nearly as much yeah 
the 2000s happened to 2010s happened 2020s are happening now and it's like everybody has access to the internet now and so many ideas are being exchanged and interchanged that the quote-unquote spectrum that therianthropy entails is probably getting blurry at this point <laughs> like, i was gonna the word diluted but yeah blurry works because we don't know we, we don't really know that's, which which that that's part of why i always bark so loudly about the importance of fundamentals so long as we can agree on the fundamentals of the theory and identity and experience then it doesn't matter what fancy words people use as long as they understand those key fundamentals it won't really change a thing right but like in, in some cases like if you were to take the the fundamentals that were established at hww they might not have actually been all encompassing for the therianthropic experience so it's it's kind of good that in time that scope has expanded a little bit and that evolution definitely does need to happen and you see evidence of that with the emergence of the alter human as an umbrella term right that to me seems like the most recent development on that front but in coming back to definitions and terms and what therianthropy actually means it ultimately comes down to the individual level in determining what they choose to believe or not to believe and that's precisely what makes therianthropy such a challenging thing because there's no rule book really Right. I mean, as I said before, uh, you know, one of the things I've sort of learned about as the community has grown is that, you know, just because I can't directly connect with the experiences other folks have, you know, I, that alone does not definitively settle the question. Right. As I thought it would, at least not, not as definitively as I thought it once did. Okay, well, I think I might as well interject my own little experience here that I had because as I kind of hinted at a little earlier, my experiences of theory and decision, theory and indecision, is that for me it wasn't so much about determining what my stereotype was like you so often see in circles nowadays. And for me, there was nobody to play a balance and check with my ideas. And we've seen that in certain individuals before too. So for me, the whole indecision thing came down to the fact of... I had to be my own judge and jury. It came down to whether or not I could accept and trust my own experiences. And for the first, I'd say, 10 or 15 years, I was in a state of continuous warfare with myself. I would have these powerful intuitions and these strong therianthropic experiences, and I would have those moments where there wasn't a shadow of a doubt in my mind of who and what I was. And then the pendulum would swing the other way, and I'd be locked into this human mentality of wanting to analyze and criticize absolutely everything and call down the validity of it all. And back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for years, this went on and on and on. Like, it was really draining. But over time... What eventually happened was I came down to this realization that this is not facts we're dealing with here. It's opinions, it's experiences. And once I started to accept that, it kind of opened the door to not having to definitively say this is or this is not. It just is what it is. 
And I think I can pin down the real final turning point. This is a good story. I like to share this one. The turning point for me that killed my theory in doubt completely was this quote from Harry Potter. Right at the end of the movie series where he's died and he has that encounter on the other side. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) The quote that really changed it all for me was Dumbledore said to Harry, of course it's all happening inside your head, but why does that mean that it's not real? I was just like, ah, ah, I get it. And ever since that day, I've stopped questioning the validity of my own experiences, and I've stopped having a problem accepting my Therian self, because I've let go of that need to control the definition of it. That whole process was a gradual, tumultuous thing that took about 15 years. I guess the long story short, the focus of the ramble, that barking session that I was trying to get at, was regardless of whether we have others around us or not, when it comes to this kind of issue, it always is going to end up coming down to self-confidence, self-perception, believing in yourself your own experiences and what you've chosen. One friend said to me once, just do something, even if it's wrong, just do it. Don't sit there stewing about it, just do it. If you're wrong, you're wrong, you'll learn something from it. That's how I, by the time I reached the Therian community in 2020, I had pretty much on my own pieced together my own understanding of all those fundamental concepts, which I then found echoed in the community, concepts like shifting and what have you not but it was a slow and often painful process bp do you have any other like food for thought for people who may be in similar situations for you like as someone who's experiencing this do you have any insights for others who may be experiencing this to kind of help them either feel more comfortable with who they are or maybe not have a difficult time with their exploration process well i guess apart from what uh, Blaze was just talking about. I guess the main thing I would emphasize, I think someone else used this phrase before I use it again, try not to get too stuck trying to put yourself in a box defined by the community around you. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I can say that was like, in the early days, that was like 90% of the reason for my doubts and like 100% of my angst because there was nowhere else to define this thing that was completely new to me. So I right. took what I, was expo- what I was first exposed to as all there was. Mm-hmm. The definitions. Like I said before, I've uh, come to slowly realize, especially over the last few years, that isn't the case. That there's this wide range of things that are superficially different, but could still possibly at least fall under the same umbrella. I guess I'm still trying to find, you know, that balance I was talking about between healthy skepticism and, you know, you know, begging the question skepticism. But I, like I said, a lot of that came from that misconception, which I, I guess came about pretty, pretty naturally. And, you know, nobody told me that had to be, be the way it was. It just circumstances made me think that. I think it's understandable that first impressions are a very powerful thing. And hmm. our first experience with something It's going to have a lot to do with our permanent opinions of what that thing is all about. And the longer that opinion remains challenged, the more entrenched it becomes. Yeah. So I guess to sum up, you know, I mean, if one person's experience isn't like, you know, anybody else's around you, it it may or may not matter, but it's not 
an end of the question in of itself. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you know, as I said, you know, was a big reason why I uh, I rejected even the possibility way back when. Maybe, maybe if somebody else doesn't go through what I went through. So my final question for you, BP, is are you a fox? <laughs> <laughs> this is where you say no. <laughs> <laughs> one of us. One it's a of running us. joke, and I, I'm probably not going to phrase it right, but... Yeah, in the thread in TG, I said, should someone get Black Paws a t-shirt of a fox wearing a t-shirt that says, I'm not a fox? And I think the answer to that is, yes. Yes, we need to. <laughs> yes, do it. <laughs> so if I answer maybe, is that going to be considered evading the question? <sighs> yes. It's, no. It's it. a, maybe is a very fox answer, I think. Well, woohoo. <laughs> See, there's excitement there. So he, he he's excited to be a fox. <laughs> well, nothing else would mean that I, that I haven't wasted all my time but although I suppose even if I weren't maybe one could argue that it wasn't anyway but you know what I mean well thank you for sharing this experience with us uh, hopefully it'll help out people who are listening in and are maybe either going through their own questioning processes or seeing other people in the community who are distressing themselves ad nauseum over trying to discover who they are it's, it's definitely appreciated if people do have questions for you, do you have a specific way you'd like for them to reach out to you? Aha, hmm. I caught you off guard with that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, I can give them your, your Discord information. Yeah. Or... I, yeah, I think Discord is, is probably okay. the best. Uh, I also have a Telegram thing that I looked at occasionally, but I will have to uh, remind myself, you know, what, what the relevant information there is as well. So <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, any other any other thoughts to wrap up the segment? Just that I've I've always found it a little disconcerting, a little nice, but also a little strange that it seems like I've always been surrounded by folks who've been more sure about my, about me than I have. I kind of thought about that when you were discussing that earlier. I I thought about I kind of thought about my personal journey with anxiety, and I with a lot of things in my life, I need to kind of rely on the people who are outside of me to ground mm. me in the truth of myself. Sure. So, um, like I, I came to the conclusion that I, I know I am my worst critic and I'm often wrong about myself. So when I have like 30 people who are telling me, Hey, Zeph, this, this, and this, I've learned to kind of take it as it is rather than taking it with that skepticism. But that's, uh, that's my own personal journey. So, uh, it's interesting because you you're skeptical of those outside also, so it's just kind of interesting. It is always easier to see the truth of somebody else because you're an outside observer. You don't know everything that's going on inside. The presentation that someone gives to you uh, from the outside, it's easier to filter through and not look at the history. It's more of looking at the individual at the time, and it's just easier. Yeah. It also may be one of those cases where the best advice that we give to others is the advice that we should be following ourselves. Mm. That's often the case in that the things, also I've noticed that the things that we are quick to criticize about others are very often the very things that we most need to work on ourselves. And this explains explains why Blue Wolf is now a tiger. You're a blue (laughs) hole. (laughs) (laughs) All right, any other thoughts? My closing thought would be, again, I just ultimately, there's no easy answer. 
the only real answer is a true answer, and the true answer often takes a lot of time and patience and quite often some blood, sweat, and tears to figure out. So my my main advice is to just stay the course, don't give up, and keep an open mind. I would add on to that, don't stress out so much over it. I know it's easier said than done, but you'll yeah. get there. Don't uh, feel like you're a failure at life just because you don't have the answers within a year. But it's been 25. It's okay to just bees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I've heard all this before, and I know it's true, but can't it, you know, come in its own time a little faster? No. <laughs> Again, this, the, the wheel of foxes. Just when you think you found the answer, it, you're, you're chasing your tail again. The end. <laughs> Just be thankful you're not a kid soon. You'd have nine tails to chase. Oh boy. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. On to community news. There's a few things that I would like to bring up. First, just a kind of general update with Howls and where we're standing. So the Virginia Howl, I think in the last few episodes, I discussed how Virginia Howl, we were trying to have a spring Howl and a fall Howl. The spring Howl is not going to happen. The other host and myself are just, we have too many obligations to make that work out. So someone is currently trying to figure out how to make a Howl happen in New Jersey. If you are interested in possibly participating in that, uh, feel free to reach out to me. I will point you in the right directions. The fall Virginia Howl is still going to happen as planned. Right now, tentative dates uh, somewhere between the second week of September and the second week of October, I think, or the date range that we're going for. So we have a Telegram group and a Discord group and all that fun stuff. Uh, for coordination of that. Uh, in previous episodes, we have let Stormy talk about the Colorado Howl. If you want any more information about that, contact him at tstormdancer at gmail.com. And I'm also working with a few people who may have an interest in running a Howl in Texas. I have not actually got any authorization from them to like point people to where that's being organized but if you have an interest in that you may want to help out or you may be interested in attending let me know and i will nudge you their way and we'll see if we can make something happen Alrighty mm. then oh, yep. oh black pause is gonna okay yeah we can we need to discuss the um the black pause merchandise that we have on our store now <laughs> uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Black Paws the video game. Black Paws the lunchbox. Black Paws the cereal. Let's, let's just go with a t-shirt. <laughs> um, oh, so one thing I would like to also mention, Cheetah has reached out and mentioned that the serious therianthropy discussion chats are being held on basically a monthly basis now. Cheetah and I think it's Blood Muffins are trying to host them every few weeks now so if you're interested i know there are threads ongoing at the wear list uh, i'm trying to help out with getting threads on therian guide if they're not already out there so keep an eye out for the the serious therianthropy discussion chats as they go on and i'll try to help promote those i want to give a special shout out to oak leaf for winning an art contest woo woot woot <laughs> so <laughs> Um, this is not affiliated with anything. I'm just doing it kind of because, you know, go Oak. But <laughs> there was a, um, <laughs> so on Thorns Therian Territory server 
on Discord, there was an art contest and Oakleaf won first place. So I think it would be, I just figured it'd be kind of cool to give a shout out here too. Uh, congratulations. Uh, I will try to link the art somehow if there's a way I can do that. Go Oak. Go Oak. Does anybody else have anything community wise? You know, on a serious note, there's been a fair amount of media attention recently between some new shows and some news related items, etc. I will say that at least uh, one of them, a, a recent show, Barracks and I watched. Um, it was Framing Therianthropy for a group in New York City. I don't really want to give it too much uh, information because it was uh, frankly pretty disturbing and upsetting in a lot of ways. It definitely did not portray Therianthropy in a light that I think was appropriate. I think it was much more sensationalized by the individuals who were being interviewed and followed. Therians is what it was called. It's relatively new. If you do choose to choose to find it and watch it, understand that it definitely does not represent anything in our experience. It was very very unique uh, and pretty special in my opinion. So I don't know if you want to throw something in there, Bear. <laughs> my issue with that program primarily was is that it did the same thing that many of the anthropologists who have studied therianthropy have done, and that is it presented therianthropy as a, almost as a religion, and it isn't. <laughs> yeah. And the what was being described as a therian experience in there was being presented as the therian experience and not a therian experience yeah i think i think that's a fair point to make so dog bless us everyone <laughs> mm -hmm. um also they were pe people that literally had no connection with the rest of the community as far as i'm aware i don't know anyone who knows them i've never heard of any of them they don't interact in any of the spheres that anyone else that i'm familiar with does Anyway, it was unusual. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Blaze, you were you were about to say. Sounds like kind of a rogue group more than anything else. It, it's an isolated group, I would say, more than rogue. It it definitely was different. There's a pack hierarchy thing going on, and there was discussion about how it's only canines and felines that are part of the Therian community, and it, it just uh, it was very, very strange and very very distorted it it was a view of therianthropy in a parallel universe didn't you say something about them forcing their children to follow oh, yeah. it as well yeah. yeah yeah they were indoctrinated into it gosh uh i'm not i'm not buying it you guys are saying that there's some kind of like sensationalized media about therianthropy uh never <laughs> it, no i what cherry pick what, no what, is, what i did appreciate is that the program itself did not go out of its way to represent Therians as particularly strange. Yes. I think that the producers did a good job with the material they had. So the, per the I think they could have found better I material. I think they could have gone out and found alternate sources of material and done a better cross study of it. You know, when you're trying to get viewership, I understand, you know, that doesn't make for good TV, but 
at the same time. It definitely was different. So it was something I kind of wanted to note is out there, and I know there's been a few other things out there. We're aware of it. We really don't want to give any real oxygen to the fire there. That's why I'm trying not to really provide too much information other to say, you know, other than people who have seen it, you know, yeah, we've seen it too. I know my reaction was pretty strong, and I didn't really kind of give any reaction to the group here until someone saw it, and then Bear saw it, and he has less uh, less ability to keep his muzzle shut than I do at times. <laughs> but I, 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 I certainly echoed many of his uh, comments and uh, feelings associated with it. But I also was trying to say, am I looking at this uh, too harshly? Um, is this something that I just haven't seen directly and I'm looking at it more hypercritically than I need to? And mm, I... Well, there, yeah. there is a little bit of that tendency, I think, and partly has its roots in the fact simply that we are Therians and therefore it does matter to us. Whereas... A mainstreamer viewing that program would see it as just another piece of entertainment and not really give it two seconds thought. Fair, fair. Yeah, I, I have, that is a criticism that I, I read quite often where you'll see some piece of media is going to come out that ostensibly deals with Therians and you'll get a number of people saying, oh, it's going to be terrible, it's going to make the mainstream look at us even worse, etc. And just absolutely nothing happens nothing ever happens because of that very reason most of the mainstream audience just look at it as another piece of entertainment here now forgotten in 10 minutes unfortunately in some cases the same phenomenon the same phenomenon crashes some very very well-meaning and genuine attempts to put real information out there and it just gets taken as some entertainment and written off in 10 minutes i'm sure yes and for the record I am not asking for litter boxes in school. No, you're right. that's that's. No, you're just yeah. asking for a woods close to the school. Yes, well, yes. I mean, obviously, I need a woods. I mean, come on. To kind of segue a little bit myself, like looking on Twitter and some of the response to some of the definitely not sensationalized, non-representative Therian media that's out there. I, I think the mainstreamers that do run across it and see it sensationalized to them are like why does this this doesn't apply to me this doesn't matter to me what's the point and i think the disconnect there is that a lot of these things don't really represent why therianthropy matters to a lot of therians good um, point it makes it very cringy it makes it like we're seeking attention and things like that it's not going behind the scenes and, and talking about the complications that we either do or don't have in our daily lives, most of us don't want that spotlight. Plain and and I think a lot of the reason for that is that plain and simple, like you were saying, we don't want the spotlight because in order to really understand why therianthropy is a big deal, you got to get nitty gritty. And that's, right. that doesn't make for good TV. <laughs> it, it's going to require someone to have a genuine interest in it also. Yeah, someone's not going to get that interest out of seeing a cringe comp or something like that. I mean, maybe they will. I don't know. You know, I want to give a thank you to those of you in the community who are trying to produce positive Therian content. Cheetah Chirps uh, just released another episode. This one's on furries and fursuiters who are also Therians. So I'll give a link to that. Give that some love. Check it out. Does anybody else have anything else going once? Oh, going twice. Nope. So just that I it was not my idea to have an entire episode revolving around me. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that egotistical. 
uh, yeah, don't worry, Black Balls. Like, we we know. <laughs> <laughs> Just but, making sure everybody else knows that. But if you go to our store and enter in the code BP2022 <laughs> in the next two weeks, you can get a 22% discount off of our uh, Black Balls merchandise. So, Yeah, pimp the merch. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I know I've come across as, you know, very doubtful and perhaps negative about this whole thing. So it occurred to me that some people might be wondering, you know, why I'm still sticking with this to begin with, despite all my doubts. Maybe that's an indication of where I fall on the therianthropy scale itself. But I think my main reasons are several fold. One, just plain inertia. I've been around the community for so long and so far, I haven't seen enough of a reason to leave. Second, the faith that my friends then and now have always had in my foxness. As I said before, I know it's something I'm still dealing with, trying to you know balance out, but it's not exactly something I can ignore. Third, because I know at the core that I don't know for sure that I'm not. So as, as long as there is the... Uh, possibility that I am, I feel like I sort of owe it to myself to uh, see that through. And the last, just because when I think about being a fox or a werefox or however you want to put it, I think it makes me feel good on some level or in some sense. How and why and whether is part of the process. But yeah, that's why I'm still around, you know, at least until I feel more certain one way or another for sure. So... I mean, I've been at this for, for a very long time now, so uh, don't be discouraged if you don't figure out the questions yet, because uh, as I've been told many a time, uh, sometimes it might take a lifetime. Thanks again for Black Paws for opening up this episode. I know it's been a little bit of vulnerability, but we appreciate you being able to give this this kind of your own personal perspective and insights to other community members who may be going through the same thing uh, especially younger ones who maybe are distressing a little bit too much about things when they shouldn't if any of you that are listening have any feedback for us comments on the uh the episode responses anything like that feel free to email us at where are we podcast at gmail.com Next episode, we will be doing a little bit more media content. So if you have any suggestions for Therian content or um, Therian-related media that we can kind of maybe take a quick look at and give a shout-out for, give us an email or reach out to us however you can, and we'll be more than happy to, to include that. With that said, I think we're all good. So, okay, thanks. Bye. I did I did the exit right this time. That's the exit. Kidding's okay, bye.